Hello, I'm Mark Williams, and earlier in 2021, Gethin Ellis and myself started the Fit Podcast. Here at GethinEllis.com and Wide End Limited, we know that whilst physical fitness is essential, our mental health is vital too. And our Fit Podcast is all about putting the human back into technology, aka Fit. Building on us all coping during unprecedented times in Series 1. Available on our website, www.gethinellis.com, and YouTube, search for Gethin Ellis. We felt in Series 2, it might help us all to hear more thoughts and advice from normal, everyday humans just like you. So we're again speaking with a range of humans in technology, business, consulting, and other areas to hear what they've learned and how they intend to apply that experience in dealing with today's challenges and their futures. Welcome everybody to this episode of the Putting the Human into Technology podcast. This week we are joined by Ian Waring, who is the Head of Finance Systems and Projects at JISC. Welcome, Ian. No, hello. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Um, obviously, we've met a little bit off here as well, so you know a little bit about us. Um, but we'll kick right off with the questions, I think, is uh, uh, it's probably a good place to start. Mark, do you want to take the first one or should I take the first one? How do you want to play it this week? Oh, let's mix it up, shall we? So just tell us a little bit about yourself, Ian. Okay. Uh, well, I think, as you said, I'm, I'm Head of Finance Systems and Projects at JISC. Um, no, just just go on a charity that that's actually operate the the uh, computer network that connects all UK universities to the internet. That's all 160 universities, uh, further education colleges, all the research councils. Uh, it's really if anybody got into it, no, no, no major Peter bites for a second, no bandwidth going going around the place. You better not uh, use so, that as the title for the episode. Uh, <laughs> it would be a spammer's paradise if, if we didn't have really good good security people actually stopping people getting into it. Um, no, no, we, we we connect out to to all, all the other uh, similar and uh, national uh, research and education networks right across Europe. So that all goes under an umbrella organisation called Giant. Um, no. No, it's just so that some, in some some of our services, you know, we, if a student can log into their their corp, their university Wi-Fi in the UK, they can do do the same thing at every any other university in Europe, for instance. No, it's just one of our services. So primary business is, is the internet connectivity, super fast internet connectivity. Uh, secondary business is uh, we're a single source buyer of, of publications and journals and data on behalf of the same member base. Okay. That's, that's, that's a sort of 100 million pound plus business. Wow. Uh, and we've got lots of ancillary services, just really protecting the, those network assets and help helping our, our members protect theirs, you know, which uh, you know, during COVID times has been quite quite nice experience. <laughs> No, just 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 talk, talking around, just finding that. Um, talking to to one one vendor yesterday, and they, they said they've seen the, the number of insider finance uh, related frauds actually go up by three hundred percent during COVID. Wow! <laughs> so that, that that's that's something we <coughs> we we're paranoid about all the time. Just just like, is our system secure? And um, no, I've, I've actually largely spent the last eight eight weeks just just no complete you know, nuked out just just actually securing our, our finance systems and just making absolutely sure that that um, anyway th- there's a whole career in actually trying to secure these networks it's um, that whole, whole of dynamics it's, itself is quite a career in itself well, several careers one career in security one security in electronic reporting no one no another one in licensing 
no. Oh, you, you need you need you need at least three careers in licensing to get your head around that, Ian. Surely, <laughs> it's not a simple thing, is it? <laughs> well, you, you you say that uh, because when I, when I worked at Digital, I, 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 I was running a UK software business back up up until 1991, and um, one of the things I, I discovered early on in my career is is that no, I got told I got just got told by someone that, no well. We've got some. We've got a couple of industrial distributors. They they sell some of these mini computers. Uh, can you come up with some ideas to sell more software? And you actually sit on sit on the desk. Let's just over here in conversations going on. And uh, you no, know, someone would come in with a software licensing question. So they phone the, li the licensing group and say, uh, "We've got a question about software licensing." And they're you know, just listening to the conversation. About three, about five minutes later, they put the phone down and said, "Well, I did have one question. I've now got three more." <laughs> and um, so, so one 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 of the things that I did a bit later on is, is they asked me coming up with a few ideas of how to grow the software business. So, 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 having done sat on the sales desk for two weeks, I actually just came in with with a document, thirty five ideas to grow the software business. And um, the sales manager just uh, read it through and then tossed it back at me and said, "Right, implement it." And I thought, <laughs> "Oh Jesus." So, 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 did that, and that that business went seven hundred and well, about seven hundred and seventy k a year, one point one million, two million, six million. Actually, grew up quite aggressively. And then, then they gave me a, a catalog business to look after. So we want to sell more software for us to a catalog. And half of half of that was no, I've got I had two two telesellers, sorry, five telesellers, two tech support, and twenty five thousand catalogs to send out. And we had to try and get it so that customers could actually toss the orders in and get their licensing completely right without us touching it. And they just simplified it to death. And um, no, no, released 25,000 catalogs. First two weeks, absolute trickle of business and then hardly anything. And then suddenly the business started rolling in yeah. and that went naught to 100 million in, 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 like six, in 18 months. Wow. wow. And I was third of the UK's profits at that stage. And, um, and, um, no, then the company largely got out of the software business after that. So <laughs> out, 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 out I went. But so, so, so Ian, that that's, 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 that sounds quite a um, quite a steep sort of growth. And obviously, comparing it to the role you, you sort of do now, is it, is it is well, I guess it's kind of similar. There's definitely similarities in mm. there. But in your role in your role in the charity in the in the university sort of network space, mm -hmm. um, thinking about the last couple of years, and I'm pretty certain because I've known you for a little while that you were working there during the pandemic. Um, the sort of people and technology and what impact did the last year and the pandemic really have on those people? Because you're saying there about like sort of the good times. How's it affected your business? How's it affected your people? And how do you see coming out the other side playing out for, for you guys at GIST going forward? Uh, well, we, we're very fortunate. We, we, we had a, a very, very switched on HR team. And one of the things they, they did early on in the pandemic was was uh, they thought this is going to last some time. Um no, everybody's on office-based contracts, and uh, no, is that the right thing? And they largely came to the conclusion that, that doing a bit of research, that, that they found that 85% of people had 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 job roles that could empty be be you know, done from home. Now there's some some people, you know, there are some salespeople out on the road who who are home, normally home-based, but but travelling most of the time. Yeah. Uh, there are other people like facilities. Um, there's some some no, well some, some where we, we where we do have a few on-prem servers servers then people have to be in be in the office looking after them but uh, but uh, vast majority of businesses actually 85 percent is is we could put on people on hybrid contracts 
So, no, no, I'm, I'm one of them. You see, no, no flowers behind, behind me on the wall. Um, no, physically, no. Anybody, any, any, any employee can choose which days they go into the office. Right. They're not told. <laughs> no. No. In fact, over the pandemic, I've actually hired a couple of people you know, to work in my team or work work with my team. Um, no one, no one of them's in Huddersfield in Yorkshire. Yeah. Uh, uh, another one's in Southport in Lancashire on the on the on the coast. And uh, I think since I employed them, I've, I've met them physically once. Right. In, in, that's in the last two years. And you, you guys are based down in Swindon, isn't it? No. Well, it's got no, Harwell in Harwell near near Oxford. Um, we've got no Bristol. We've got got London. Uh, we've got Manchester. Uh, we have various peripheral offices, you no, know, you know, Newcastle, Glasgow, but but they're they're the, they're the major major centres. But so, then so most most of the business is actually cloud based these days. So, so with, with your business being in the cloud and your staff, eighty five percent of them now on hybrid work at home contracts. Have you done anything to reduce your office space? That's that's quite an interesting. We've been we've been watching it because. Um, no, we, we we just just by chance we, we didn't do it on purpose no we, we were look, looking at change changing some of the um the software behind some of our door entry systems in in the offices and uh we came to conclusion we weren't getting good good management data out of it so we started started actually tracking people's ip addresses as they logged into in, into microsoft 365 yeah and where they're coming from and see if they're coming from an office address and uh we started actually uh, Doing nice little graphs saying, you know, showing what, what the office utilization was, and it's, it's basically about five percent. No, during the pandemic, it, no, as soon, as soon as as soon as one of the senior managers or, or the CEO actually appears at the office, then suddenly the, the utilization you know, ramps right up, but then <laughs> as soon as they leave, it goes right back down again. But, but no, generally, where, where, where the car parks used to be absolutely full, and uh, they, if you if you got into the office before, well, any time after about five to nine, you couldn't get a car parking space. Now now the car park's completely empty. You t- tend to only find those sort of seven, ten people in the office. There were, wow. That's offices of capacity of like 200 people. Yeah. So, Ian, no, you so, mentioned that um, the, you know contractually, you guys, have, or, 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 most of you guys, have moved across to to uh, the hybrid contract now. Which, yeah. which uh, I don't have a question <laughs> on that, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with this question, in, in, you know, instead. Um, what what's what are your uh, what's the business's thoughts now about um, the right balance between? Um, being in an office versus, irrespective of the contract now, but you know, being in an office versus uh, being out wherever wherever you are, and um, you know, because obviously you know, there's a lot of dialogue um, on social media and various other places, you know, around what's the right balance. What, what what's your what's what's JISC's approach to, to to that in terms of whether they are uh, you know encouraging, discouraging, letting letting people decide for themselves or, or whatever it may be. They're encouraging it, particularly getting team meetings. I mean, one one of the things you 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 miss in this sort of environment is, is um, you know, the ad hoc meeting of people at the at the at the, uh, the water tap. You know, yeah. you know, saying, "Oh, hello, what are you doing? Oh, well, I'm doing this." You know, so that goes so it becomes a lot more regimented. You're in, in yeah. fixed meetings, and the ad hoc conversations don't happen so readily. Um, no, we do do have you know, sort of tools like you know Yammer and and Teams and, and stuff like that. So we do have some some online discussions, but they're fairly lightly used. 
Um, really, the company actually tend to, just tends to leave it to the individual teams to, to manage. It's it's always a manager's dilemma because uh, I always think think to myself, you no, know, am I actually socialising with my team enough? Am I doing it too much? Um, they're, they're, people have different working styles. I, I know uh, one of my my other careers was at the Demon Internet uh, a few years ago, and um, one of the things we found is that, that there are some some people mm-hmm. who, who who like having a lot of phone traffic served at them all all, all day. You know, saying, right, answer the next call, answer the next call, answer the next call. The minute you take, take them off the phone traffic and give them a role where they've got to start thinking and they don't have to worry about incoming interruptions. Um, uh, I actually ended up with, with one guy who ended up in the mental institution after after, after trying to do that transition. No, So so I'm always doubly paranoid about, about uh, no, am I talking to you enough? Am I talking to you not enough? No, should we be having team meetings in the office? And And... We're largely you know, working that out as we go along. Mm. That's most no, I seem to I seem to have much more contact with my my peer managers than I do with my own staff at the moment, which is which um own staff seems seems to be fairly happy. They always send I tell me I, I send them too many emails, but no, but uh, no, that, that, that's a habit. I tend, tend 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 to like to be inclusive and actually tell them that I'd like over communicate rather than under communicate. You know, with, with email and. That's probably one of one of my my bad habits. Uh, the other bad habit is not actually having a proper work work and work and home boundary. No, I, I got used to when because my my parents were um, well, my, my my mother was a housewife, but my my father sort of varied between being a carpenter or being a baker, and and uh, you no know, came home with maths homework at night and uh, at grammar school, and he didn't know the answers. Whereas all, all my friends had had parents at local atomic weapons establishment and uh, they were scientists <laughs> and they, they, they could explain things so i got used to work, working you know, late late at night no it used you know, mass homework used to take me take me eight ages and i've never broken that habit no so uh I, we've got this this thing called microsoft viva which is you know, layered on, on top of um yeah. of microsoft 365 and it, it actually keeps on nagging me, saying, "Do you realise you worked four, no, four nights last week past past midnight? That's your golden sleeping time between twelve o'clock and six o'clock. Don't do it." So I'm always told off for actually working too many hours. But um, but having said that, I absolutely love it to bits. No, no company company are brilliant. Uh, no, sort of fairly no fairly good freedoms. Leave you alone. Get on with things. And as long as you keep on de- delivering. No, you, you need to go out for an hour to do some shopping in on the afternoon. They don't tend to mind too much, as long as you get stuff done. Yeah, I guess it sounds sounds quite um, quite a relaxed, um, you know, environment. Uh, you know, and, and I suppose if you're, um, I know, I mean, I mean that in a not with too much um, science behind it, but uh, if you're if, if you want to work and you you know you want to work that that pattern, then you know. There, there is a there is part of me as who's going well that's fine um and i think i i suspect they know the answer to this but um you know if you're if you're not imposing that pattern on you know your colleagues and and, and your and your employees and so on and so forth then you know i, I think there's a there's a lot there's a lot that says well that's what keeps you going so you know why why, why would you not but i you know, you're an intelligent man, obviously, but obviously there is a, there is another side to that where you you can go too far yourself, can't you? And uh, you know sometimes you do just need to chill a little bit. Um, but just moving us on in the conversation, um, we've been talking about lockdown, uh, you know, a little a little bit there. Um, 
What's your view on the users and um, you know whether they have grown in confidence in their broadly in their use of technology because they've been you know they, they've had, they've had to basically you know, they haven't had people um, that they could just go and chat with and, and say how, how do I sort this out? Do, do you think people have grown in technology and uh, in, in confidence rather in, in the use of technology and, and and has there been any consequence for for, for IT um, you know IT communities in that? Not, not, not that I perceive. No, we, we, we've got a fairly tech-savvy audience anyway, to be honest. Um, they're, they're most, most people are actually just, just used, to, used to using the, the, the systems in the office. Um, I, I guess there are a few little, little, little things. No, you, you tend to have to be a lot more careful about, about particularly when, when you're rotating staff you know, and get, getting the trained. And... and what used to happen is we used to have formal training courses every now and again, you no, know, to actually, you no, know, have you no, know, like you no, know, once every six months, let's train people up on accounts payable or on accounts yeah. receivable or credit control, and and now it tends to work much more by Chinese whispers and uh, oh, I've got to rotate to this role. Someone's on holiday next week. Oh, can you show me what your process is? And uh, as as the processes go through Chinese whispers, they they go into variations and and uh, particularly when, when when we've been trying to tie down security, actually just saying, well, no, we just record your process, we play it through the tool on Dynamics, and we see what and we're finding that that, that different people are offering you know, following different happy and unhappy paths through their processes. And so so we put the security rules in and find they can't do their job and then have to start again and start again. Yeah. That that takes longer, but but in in general. No, I, I think it's it's it, it, uh, well. I say as as, as a manager, I, I I tend to assume people people come to work to do a good job. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they slack. <laughs> um. I, uh, uh, every time I need to get hold of someone, I, I I seem to be able to get hold of them quickly. Um. No, if if they're going to be be out out from no from no for a meeting or they've got got to take take the wife wife to the doctors or something like that. No, then. They just say, oh, by the way, I'm going to be off for it for, for, for an hour in the morning. But you know, as, as long as that communication's going, that, that's fine. Even though one, one, of, one of my employees is, you know, was, is, is, well, I say was, you know, she's recently left, Italian. And uh, early in COVID, she said, oh, do you mind if I work from home next week? And I said, of course I don't. She's OK, I'll book a flight then. No, so so I so said, so so from Bristol to to Venice, I said no, no, and this is this is early December. I said that must cost an absolute fortune. She said, oh no, it's thirty two quid return. <laughs> well, it actually costs them more to get her mother to pick her up from from the airport and go go off into the Dolomites than than to actually do the flight from Bristol to Venice. So, but but that worked well. And you know, she used to just 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 come on and say, "Oh, that's a nice Zoom background." Those old mountains, chalets at the mountainside. And she said, "No, Stop that's not a Zoom background. That, that, <laughs> this is my sister's house." <laughs> Brilliant. Awesome. So, but 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 I recently I, re I recently lost her because uh, her her, her partner run, runs a software company at, at, um, at Airbus in Bristol, and and uh, they gave him gave him a nice contract and he he's working eighteen hour days seven days a week and uh, she's sitting in the flat in Filton just saying I've got no life I've got no life I don't see my friends so so she went back to Italy. Uh, uh, so uh, no, she, she's quite lucky. Just, just trying to re replace her at the moment and uh, that that's. That's quite an experience too. Just trying to find find entry level employee 
to, to train on Dynamics 365 you know, from ground up, just looking for someone you know, with like six months post-grad experience that we, we can actually train up. And I've gone through 44 CVs, and I think uh, I think uh, two of them, I think only two of them I'd even bother interviewing. And I think even the, those two, it's, no, not sure. No. Interesting times in the recruitment field, that's for certain. That's for mm. certain. But I hope, you, I hope you find someone to replace your employee, uh, Ian. Well, I've just, um, I've just got told this morning she's back in Bristol, so uh, give her a call her and say, do you, want to, do you want to come back? Kind of on that note then, and just to bring this, this the, the part one to a, well, say to a close, we've got one last question. And, and the question is one that I like is, what's the best piece of business or career advice that you've been given? As, oh, you, wow. as, you, as, as you know, we're talking about graduates <laughs> and people looking, starting out on their career. It's quite apt that you've had 44 people apply. None are any good. So what's the best advice you've been given that people might be able to... Uh... Well, they, 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 they might be good, but, but but they don't actually express it on the CV of... of um, no, they can say, yes, I've got a first-class honours degree in something, but they say, okay, well, what's the aspiration? Do you want to go into, into finance? Do you want to go into IT? No, what sort of training courses are you going on? No, nobody says anything. I think I think there's a 44 CVs I've seen, and uh, only one of them even mentions the word dynamics, even though that that's that's what the job's about. Um, so anyway, I digress. Um, if I can do the ultimate name name drop, I I had an experience back in 1983, you no, know, when I, I was in Digital's PC group. No, no, we we were actually coming out with with a range of personal computers to compete against this this thing called the IBM PC, which very rudely appeared in in August 1981. No, much to everybody's surprise, about three months after the chairman said that they're going to go into small computers over his dead body, and he retired, and they came, they went straight into small computers, um, and, and did did a, a thoroughly good job, by the way. No, Philip 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 Estridge, who ran the IBM PC division at the time, absolute absolute legend. No, complete respect even from his competitors. Um, but part of that is, is uh, they, they, at the time, there, there were two competing operating systems. There was a thing called CPM and a thing called MS-DOS, or PC-DOS as it was on the IBM PC. And uh, Digital had a visit from, from this bloke called Bill Gates. And uh, you know, he, he, he walks in with this, this, this compact PC, which is about the size of a, a portable sewing machine, you know, like 38 pounds. And you know, plonked it on the desk, and uh, we were just waiting for all the board of management to come down to actually go and have a chat with this this, this bloke who actually ran this little software company out, out of Seattle. And uh, we're just all sitting around, 14 of us sitting around the table, and then uh, they're all just twiddling their thumbs. And I was just, I was just look, looking at his, 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 his computer, and then uh, I said, uh, do you mind if I ask you a, a real dumb question? I said, no, I'm looking at your mouse there. You've got two buttons on it. No, no. I saw an Apple Lisa last week. No, that's predecessor of the Mac. I said, their mouse has got one button on it. And the people who engineered VisiCalc, no, who were doing a product called Vision, and that's got a three-button mouse. I said, why have you got two buttons? And and he went off for about 15 minutes just going through, well, if you go into Sam, the word you find, do, do this, do this, you go get stuck in a mode over here. And no, that many buttons is, is too much. Well, that many buttons isn't enough. And he was he was going through every single spreadsheet, word processor, things like that, and all the competitive products in the industry of, of how they work in conjunction with the mouse. And I thought, 
fucking hell. This, this, this guy is deep. <laughs> he knows his stuff. Anyway, at that point, all the execs walked in and, and said, oh, hello, my name's Bill Gates, my name's Bill Gates. You're shaking people's hands saying, when are you going to drop CPM? Go go to the DOS. When are you going to drop CPM? When are you going to drop CPM? You no, know, just relentlessly. And he had a very, very frustrating meeting because our company had decided to standardize on concurrent CPM, which is the new uh, multi-display version of CPM rather than MS-DOS. So he, he left the meeting very frustrated. And... Um, the, the sales guy, this guy called Phil Sutcliffe, um, phoned me up afterwards and said, um, I was taking Bill, Bill, back, Bill back to the you know, UK headquarters of Microsoft, which is elsewhere in Reading at the time. And he, he said to me, there's only one bloke in that room who knows what he's talking about. No, hire him. I said, well, who's, which one was that then? He said, that's you. <laughs> and that's through, through a real stupid question. And the more I thought, no, think about it, I think, no, if you're ever in an interview, you get to the end of an interview, people say, oh, have you got any questions for us? That That is the golden moment. That's where you show some curiosity and, and ask, ask questions. And of all the employees I've, 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 I've ever employed, people who actually answer that question with a golden golden piece of inquisitive, why are you doing this this way? How does this work? You no know, Stuff like that. They're normally the real golden employees who really grow really aggressively. So curious. Be curious then. Be be curious. I mean, the, the one one other slight slight detour. I, I, was, I was actually up, up in up in Yorkshire with 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 a dealer account manager recruiting recruiting a PC dealer, and we, we got out of the car at this this PC dealer which we're looking to sign up because we're looking we're looking to sign up about 120 dealers at the time, and uh, the account manager just just handed me the end of a measuring tape and said, uh, "Oh, can you stand over there by the front door?" I thought, what? And he, he, he measured the distance from the nearest uh, director's car parking space to the front door. And I said, I said, so what? And then he, he said, just a second. And he went and walked over to the nearest visitor's car parking space and measured the distance there. And he said, this, this one passes. I said, what do you mean it passes? He said, if, if the director's spot is nearer to the, to the front door than the first visitor slot, I will not recruit them. And I, I thought at the time, what a bizarre thing to say. And I roll on two years, and I did, did, did actually look down at which, which PC leaders really succeeded and which ones were really for people who said, oh, let's move into this industry, make lots of money and try and sell out and stuff like that. The, the ones where, where the, the customer business, business space was closer to the front door really prospered. And the ones, the ones where, where they had it the other way around actually just died on the vine. It just sort of says that, no, your, your attitude to your customers is 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 probably a good leading indicator of, of whether you're going to be successful in business or not. We'll, 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 we'll bring this to a close, but or getting well in a second, I'm sure. But um, uh, I, I, I have this thing in my be in my bonnet about uh, customers and, and the, the the old phrase of you know customers always right. I, I don't subscribe to that, but I do think the customer comes first, and I think that's kind of what you're you know what you what you're what you're saying there, Ian. So um, very very interesting. Two pieces of advice for one there, go. Great pieces of advice there. Thank you for that, Ian. And everybody, that's going to conclude part one of our uh, interview with uh, Ian Warren of JISC. Uh, stay tuned for part two.